on September 25th, 2021, two fantastic doctors got married. James and Naomi, congratulations on your wedding day. So, so how, how do I start this podcast? Because I'm halfway stuck in the Fools with Tools thing at the moment. You, you do your thing. Uh, how do you want to yeah. do it? Yeah. Hello and welcome. <laughs> I'm Rasmus. You're listening to Two Third Focused. See, a podcast see, about why, stuff. why am I even here? You're doing it. No, 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 no. Just I'm just giving you ideas. See, it's, that's your show, man. You're hosting it. <laughs> I don't take the responsibility at all. To, to give you a hint, usually you try to start the podcast, we interrupt you about 20 times. <laughs> yeah. So we are currently on brand. Exactly. <laughs> or something. Yeah. Okay. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Two Thirds Focused Podcast. And we are definitely unfocused. Yeah, and one of us is definitely unfocused, and you have to guess who. Ooh, and I thought it was me. Well, that was a good start. <laughs> that, that worked out better than expected. <laughs> yeah. So, so what what's it all been up to recently, Red? How's uh, your life? Not, uh, um, life is good. Yeah, I saw your pointing. That's why I'm picking you. Okay, like oh, so next time I I will I won't point to anyone. Um, uh, life is good actually. Uh, I'm just out of the physiotherapist, so I had a, a massage today. So it was good because of my uh, chronic low back pain, which is a pain. Um, so I'm good. Uh, last week uh, I've was done with the car so i mainly spent the week on the computer designing stuff for upcoming projects a lot of leather work coming up uh, but also a few other stuff um that i don't want to talk now because i'm not sure it's gonna be i have to model everything on fusion and and i'm not super good with fusion uh yeah, I, I was gonna ask you are you are you taking the black magic that jamie taught you and transforming it into leathery stuff Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Jimmy was a big help uh, for me uh, when I wanted to yeah, start yeah, don't, learning. Don't mention him again. We don't oh, need to encourage yeah, okay. him anymore. So, yeah, he, he's a wizard. <laughs> so he managed basically, to, basically. To, to... Yeah, basically. So he managed to, to, to give me some knowledge about Fusion. And, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm using it to model the complex project that I have. Um, I did that with the Gasforge because it was um, kind of a challenge. I didn't want to wing it because it's complex. So you have to take care, um, take into consideration all of the stuff when you're building a gas forge, uh, the space inside and the thickness of the walls and uh, insulation and all of that and the space between the burners. So everything as um, I, I needed to do everything uh, on Fusion before doing it live uh, for real. And that's also something that I want to add. Yeah, well, what the hell? I want to build a second backstand. Uh, so it's called backstand in, in French. It's a, um, a 272 belt grinder Ooh, yeah. uh, because mine is kind of old. Um, I made it like probably four or five years ago. Uh, and yeah, that's actually, I think that's the very first first video of yours I saw yeah it, it was because I think Rory May shared it or something or shouted it out it was something going on there I think okay oh cool I didn't know that I think I think that's what's happened at least that was the very first video I found of you I remember that distinctly because I watched like oh yeah that's really cool I was like 
but he doesn't talk in his videos. This is not interesting to me. <laughs> no, I, 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 at that time I didn't talk in my videos, but I, I'm, no. I'm, I'm, I will probably go back to that style at some point uh, because uh, now people are complaining that I'm talking in my videos. <laughs> I, I will see. Uh, no, you, but, you just need to teach them that the French accent is sexy. I think they've forgotten that. Yeah, they don't know that. I, I, I will put that in, <laughs> in the intro of my videos every single time. So don't, don't, don't worry. Uh, I'm French and get just some of that sweet sweet like french music playing in the background <laughs> so yeah anyway I, I i will um i've been using this this 272 bed grinder for a few years and it's it's working well the only problem that i have with it it's that i can't tilt it uh, on the side to um grind whatever i'm grinding uh, on the side and it it's come it's, it's a good feature when you are um doing stock removal for example and also, I don't have. Uh, uh, um, I can't. I can't change the speed of of the belt grinder. Yeah. Um, so that that's also a feature that I want on my um, version 2.0. So I have almost everything that I need to build it, but I just have to figure out how I want it uh, on a stand or on the bench. Um, yeah, just just get the final plans for it uh, so i can start the build soon so yeah that that's what i've been doing and also laser um, laser projects are coming up so i have to design the patterns to just be sure i don't waste leather all my time and that's pretty much it may i may i just ask how are you thinking of building the belt grinder I don't know yet, to be honest. I've I've done I've been doing some research on YouTube, mainly the the the, the big guys that have good uh, builds of belt grinders like Black Beard Project, and another guy that I can't recall the name, uh, unfortunately, at the moment. Um, British? Uh, I, 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 I'm not sure. He's, he's probably in the US, but he seems pretty young. So he's in his mid 20s, 30s, something okay. like that. Okay, then not the guy I'm thinking of. Also, the, I think the practical engineer made a video, but I think it's a smaller one. It's not, not a 72. Yeah, I, I need a really big one, powerful one. Okay. Emil made one. I don't recall. Maybe it was a one inch by 36 inch or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably a smaller one. Yeah. I, doesn't matter. So yeah, I, I, I've done my research. I've seen how they did it, and I like a few of their features, but it doesn't really fit my needs uh, because the way uh, the garage is made, the garage is the place where I'm doing where all my uh, metal working. Uh, the the bench, uh, I'm my workbench is. Uh, pretty much all the time taken by projects, ongoing projects. So I have to put the belt grinder on uh, somewhere else. And I have like a big shelf with the metal lathe and my bandsaw and all that stuff, but it's not that uh, wide. So um, in order to be at the right height, height one of those. And uh, to, yeah, one of those two. I, I don't recall. You, you, you pick and choose. Uh, and, and yeah, in, in order to be comfortable when I'm working on it and for the belt grinder to sit properly on this shelf, I need to be very careful the way I build it and, and the way the, it's constructed. So that's why I need to, to um, 3D model it um, before I start the build. Uh, I don't want to be winging it again because after that you can discover some problems. It doesn't tilt the way you it's supposed to or you can't add some feature for example the one i have now 
as a table uh, so you can rest your piece, the piece you're grinding. But I didn't think it through when I built it the first time. So the, the I can't remove that table mm. and it sometimes gets in the way. So I have to to be very careful the way I want to build the, the, the second version of it. So yeah, that that's basically it. A lot of computer work and, and nothing much these days. To be honest with you, if your goal is to get a really good grinder and you want a variable frequency drive, mm -hmm. then you probably won't be saving money, but you probably will save a lot of time by simply buying one. Because of all of the parts, like the, the motor and the variable frequency drive is the only really expensive parts. Well, uh, I have the the variable frequency part already. Oh, okay, okay. That I bought for like twenty five bucks to a guy on a parking lot <laughs> a few years ago. <laughs> okay, not shady, uh, but okay. <laughs> he had no idea what <laughs> he had no idea what it was, and he had no idea what how to make it work. So yeah, it was a, a good 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 deal for me. Might be great. Might be killing you. It's gonna be entertaining either way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I've tried it actually, and and there's a few settings that that you need to take, take care of when you when yeah. you are um, putting in with the motor. But as long as you know uh, the tension of the motor, the speed of the motor, it's pretty easy to yeah. to plug in and and to make it work. So that I have, and it was very cheap. And we uh, with my father have also a lot of motors that are. Uh, not used at the moment, uh, yeah. like in 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 a box somewhere that that I can use. So uh, every time he, my 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 dad is kind of a hoarder. Every time he goes to the dump yard or to the to the somewhere and he finds a, a broken tool, he brings it back home and and save the parts he can. So I have plenty of of models and stuff that I can work with. The only thing that I can't find is steel for, for the frame of the, the grinder. Yeah. Um, then, then, that, then it actually sounds like you have every reason and opportunity to actually build it yourself because the yeah. expensive parts are the one you already have. I would recommend looking at Gary Houston's video and I mm -hmm. actually have his plans on my computer now mm -hmm. for the belt grinder he built. Okay. Uh, and that seems to be a really good one. And I'll look it up. Yeah, I, I, like he has this really nice, low, grandfatherly approach to blacksmithing in YouTube. Mm -hmm. Almost like uh, Black Beer Forge. Mm -hmm. Where it's just like really nice, relaxing stuff to have on and watch. And he, he talks a lot about it and explains some things about it. Um, but to be fair, I have never encountered a problem of grinding where I feel like it should be resting on its side. Yeah. Uh, might just be me, but for some reason that has never occurred to me as something I need. Yeah, in in the videos that I've seen on YouTube for about the tilting the belt grinder, I I, really, I just thought, oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, uh, I've never uh, had the need to tilt mine or to work on the side, but uh, like I like I liked having options, different yeah. options when I'm working. So if one day I need it for 
whatever reason it is. Uh, I thought it would be nice that mine could do that as well. Uh, but yeah, to be honest, the, the main thing that I want to change with mine is the variable speed and, and um, attaching different uh, tables or uh, wheels uh, mm -hmm. to change the, the, the size of the belt. So that that's really something that I, I want now. Yeah. To be able to put a groove on, on a blade, for example, and especially a long one. Uh, or Somewhat sword shaped, is that what you mean? Yeah, I did not want to say <laughs> the, the word sword because I'm I'm not sure I will be able to but but to forge one one day. But that's one of my ultimate goal is to make my own sword. So yeah, sure, <laughs> absolutely. I second that. Everyone should make their own sword. Yeah, yeah. Even if you don't need it, just have it. If you don't like to call it sword, just call it knife with like a long blade. <laughs> you know, it, yeah, you know, it, it's it's a knife with extra reach. <laughs> yeah. The reach extender. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Jan. Um, my week. Well, let's start with last weekend, where actually on Friday night I went out with my wife and some friends uh, because one of the. Um, I, I live close to the marketplace, like in the medieval core of the city. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the owner of one of the restaurants, like he owns the whole building, actually took up a projector and projected some nice colorful pictures. You, I, I showed yeah. you guys. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And they had live music playing. And I love the story behind it because it was uh, mainly he did it to thank the people that supported him during the Corona crisis. Nice. So it was not just like a lot of people here are complaining about the whole Corona thing and like everything. Um, all of the gastronomy is just like basically bitching about it and the losses they took. And I just thought it was really nice that one guy just came up and says like, yeah, but I survived, like my business survived the whole thing. And thank you very much for the customers who got like the takeaway food and basically ate here when it was possible. And so he organized the whole thing. That's great. And it was actually going over two or three days wow. like he did like an old timer show the next day where like there were some old timers and some of his old like unimog cars and stuff on the market i didn't see that because my wife and i went to heidelberg on a whiskey fair oh which yeah. was in the garden of a castle oh and um it was freaking fantastic may, may, may i interrupt slightly you know the concept of a beer garden oh it, it was it was like that just better with whiskey no no but you know why you know why a beer garden exists no because it was built on top of the cellars so that the trees would shade the ground and keep the cellar even cooler ah okay so that's why you have beer gardens it's specifically a garden above a brewery above their cellars to protect the beer that is funny i didn't know that that's that's a good fact Sorry, now, now you can go on. I just needed to get my fun facts out. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was just one of those like freaking big castle gardens outside. And it was just uh, basically there were hedges like all around, like a huge square. And there were like probably 60 tents. And each tent was either owned by a distill or by people selling whiskey. So I would say each tent contained between anywhere between 100 and 500 whiskeys. Wow. Ooh. And does, that, does that mean that the whiskey was intense? Um, you basically go in there, you get a glass, like 
they do the like 3G entrance control and you walk in and you get a glass in your hand. It's also limited for a time slot and that's so not too many people are in there. Yeah, Corona. You thanks. walk in there, you get that little nose glass in your hand, you walk up to a tent and then you got numbers on the bottles. And that's basically the money you buy for 2CL for a fill. Right. And it ranged anywhere between three euros to like 25, 30 euros. Oh, wow. That's expensive. And then you had like probably about 5,000 different whiskeys in front of you from any country in the world that's producing whiskey from any age. So is, the, is, the, is this going on in every year at the same time? Uh, this is going on any year, but the years before that, it was not, I think... It, It didn't happen last year, but it, before that, it was inside the castle, Ooh. and people said it was a little bit cramped. But the weather was beautiful. Like it started for our time slot started at four o'clock in the afternoon. There was a time slot before that, going from eleven to three o'clock. Oh wow! So we had no problem finding it because people like took the whole street, like basically stumbling towards us. Yeah. I'm like, yep, just follow that path. <laughs> Yeah, so we had about, I would say there were probably 5,000 whiskeys to choose from. I tried four of them. <laughs> so I was, And which one was your favorite? Uh, the first one, because that one set the bar, I took a Glendronach um, from 94, uh, which was uh, cask strength and like a special pour, like from a special cask. And that one was like the one for like 25 for 2CL. But I, it took me like half an hour to just like sip yeah. it. And it was like, a, it was like <laughs> a toffee, like caramel flavors. It was like dark, almost like a liqueur. Oh, wow. Then nice. it just, oh, it, it was phenomenal. I, I was going to get mad at you for showing up to a place with 5,000 whiskeys and only trying four of them. <laughs> But having you describe it now. I understand you. I get that. Yeah. 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 We only had like a time slot for three hours and it's definitely not to get wasted. Not, not what, where people are getting wasted, but so this, this, this was the start of the week. Right. Okay. Okay. Being the, the end of last week. Uh, so that was pretty nice. Um, and then it actually started Monday, just um, packing up all my stuff and driving up to um, Chemnitz where I have my first trade show. Which, yeah, like we drove Your up. very first trade show or the first trade show? Tra trade pandemic? show within like the first one and a half, in, in one and a half years. Yeah, yeah. So, so after, after the whole pandemic thing. So, yeah. So we did that. Drove up to Chemnitz on Monday, arrived there. Tuesday morning was set up at the trade show. Um, then just working from the hotel. And today was actually the first day of the trade show. And... How was it? Oh, I have the highest respect <laughs> of... You don't need to explain anything more. That side, that spoke volumes. <laughs> yeah, I have the highest respect from every for everyone that has to work in like the gastronomy or in the health sector that has to wear a mask all day long. Yeah. Because that was brutal. Like standing inside that, we were not allowed to take off the mask. Like there's like a small space where you can walk outside to take it off. I had to do it once because I actually got dizzy during the trade show. But you're standing there and you got like those huge lights of an exhibition just like beaming down on you, standing there, and you have to talk to customers and explain everything to them. Like you were talking constantly. That sounds like hell. At, at one point, I was just like, oh God, I'm going to pass out. Like I do not want to do this anymore. Yeah. Thankfully, that trade, that exhibition is only two days. 
So, so you have to do all of that again tomorrow? Tomorrow again, like a full day, but then it's done. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. So not, not terrible. Because I would probably not be able to do that like three or four days in a row. But are, are you alone from the company or how many? No, no, I have, two, I have two colleagues with me. Um, I also have um, one of my Japanese colleagues visited today. So he was there as a visitor. And um, tomorrow the um, our, our company, our German company president is gonna um, stop by. Okay. So, yeah. You sound thrilled. Uh, no, it's fine. Like I'm, I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. I'm just completely beat right now. Yeah. yeah. yeah I basically I got back. I threw my stuff in the corner. I grabbed a short bite to eat and <laughs> then I switched on the laptop to talk to you guys. So I'm still like buzzing all around me. Mm-hmm. Plus, did I mention yeah. I'm not used of having like thousands of people around me anymore? Not feeling that to feel uneasy would be an understatement with that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. my I get that. The, the rest of the week's gonna be the exhibition, packing everything, driving back, getting myself tested before I take one step into my house. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. There is that too. Yeah. yeah. And wow. I mean, I got my two shots, but still, like this is we had basically every uh, nationality today with um every wearing style of mask you can imagine including not wearing one. <laughs> oh damn yeah yeah get this tested before you came back you come back home yeah. exactly that sounds like a good plan yeah. yeah what about you rasmus what did you do yeah i i also got tested today oh yeah Where's because that? i'm i'm heading over to england on friday Woohoo. for james and naomi's wedding oh nice yeah nice yeah uh so currently i'm I mean, taking the test was fine. I mean, it tickled insanely in my nose. Yeah. When he poked the Q-tip in. That was the strangest sensation ever. <laughs> uh, but, like, yeah, like like being tickled from inside your own face. That was weird. Uh, uh, so, sorry to interrupt. Was it the first time you got tested? Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, I don't meet people. I don't do things. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I had to get tested like every other day, so this is why I was just like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. I only I, I only took the test once as well, just before going to the hospital for for my examination of my stomach. So yeah, same thing. If you don't see people, you don't go out and and don't um, go into crowded places. You don't really need. I to. forgot you people are self-employed. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I need to go to work. We're lucky that way. I'm, I mean, um, I have been doing things. I mean, I did teach classes and I actually went social dancing for the first time in forever. Like, I mean, we were the maximum of 30 people, but free rotation and just hand sanitation, no masks inside, which was great. I got really sore feet <laughs> after that. That was last Wednesday, actually. Uh, but yeah, no, I... I this, we agree that this will come out on Sunday, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I can actually talk about everything. Yeah. At, at least if I get the negative back tomorrow, I can actually leave the country or get into the UK. Um, but yeah, I, I'm making, I'm currently working on the wedding gift for James and Naomi. And which uh, by all means, I mean, I, I leave in two days and I... I'm still working on it, so I'm I'm very on par <laughs> or on brand for my own kind of scheduling. But I I, I, sh- I should have been done. 
I should have finished it weeks ago. But I also suddenly last week got invited to a market locally. And we had like four or five days notice or something. Uh, well, so with the whole moving to a different, not different part of the country, to a different town, I posted on Facebook so the whole thing of, hey, I exist, this is me, I I hit metal for a living. Uh, and immediately I was invited to a market that was like last Sunday, the first Sunday from the post, which gave me four or five days to prepare things. So luckily, like I have a lot of stock laying around from before the Corona times. So I could basically just show up, but I was missing roses. So I spent a couple of days making more roses for the market. Uh, so the time I was supposed to spend on the wedding gift, I spent on roses for the market, which went fairly well. I managed to sell some things. Uh, and got invited to a couple of more markets, which is kind of cool, including apparently a, a really big posh one that's really expensive to have a stand at. And they wanted us, me and the landlord, because he's also a hobby smith, um, they wanted us to come for free and just use the forge they have there and make some noise. Oh, yeah, because that's like free advertisement for them. Yeah, as yeah. well. As well. Uh, and, and we are weird and unique enough that, you know, they... If they don't get us, then no one else will be there doing this thing. So it's not, it's we we are in demand, as it were. Um, but yeah, and also that that market, I was very smart when I went to that market because I didn't bring a sweater, and it was outside, and it's autumn in Norway, and I, I'm not sure how many noticed, but probably someone should have called me yard long stiff nipple, because. <laughs> Just being there in a t-shirt, I got a little bit cold after a while. Uh, but I also brought up, like, the, 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 uh, I posted a picture about it. This was one of the last things I posted about before I moved workshop. This big fire pit that was uh, octagonal, geometrically. And so I brought that with me, and we had it standing behind the table. So we had our backs to it, and it was warming us up, which was really nice. That helped a lot. Um, but yeah, markets. I mean, it's as you say, it's it's weird to be around all that many people, uh, but also really weird to show up. Like I've lived in this town for two weeks or something, and already I feel like I met half this town, half the city, <laughs> just through this one market, which is yeah. Corona times really overwhelming. That's overwhelming stuff. Yeah, it is. I I, I I'm working on. I didn't mention what I'm making for them, did I? No. Okay, um, yeah, a three-piece kitchen knife set. Uh, chef's knife, fillet knife, and a vegetable knife. Small carving knife. Whatever you call it. Um, and everything was going really well until I decided, oh, I wonder how bendy the fillet knife is. Ow. Yeah. And then it stopped being bendy. Ow. And I have a tang in one hand and a blade in another hand. And it's like, ooh, this, this is the reason why I always try to make double of everything whenever I make it. So I did actually make two sets of these knives because I wanted a spear set so I actually could take some good photos of it, maybe sell it on later or just have it in stock or use it myself for that matter. And uh, yeah, I needed that spear fillet knife today. Good uh, thing. Good thing you had a backup yeah. plan and, and a second second set. I mean, I, I, I know how stupid this head can be. So, <laughs> <laughs> so my question now would be, what what made you um, want to test the the blade uh, before it was 
fully done. I mean, did 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 you want that the quality of your set be super good, so you wanted to test it before giving them, or was was it just oh I wonder if it can bend and get back into position just like that for fun? Uh, two parts. One is the fillet knife is supposed to be super flexible and bendy. Yeah. So I want to make sure it actually bended, okay. uh, was bending, and I want to make sure that it was bending more or less evenly along the whole length of the knife. And then as I was bending it, I realized that, oh, I'm nearly getting 90 degrees out of this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then okay, I so managed fir- 90 degrees, and then I managed a lot more than 90 degrees, and I have two pieces. So first so, it was a quality control thing, then it was like, oh, that's fun, let's bend it more. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. and, and, I mean, it perfectly snapped off at the tang. Yeah. And looking at it, of course, the, 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 it's too sharp of a corner in there. So the, and, or it might have been a micro fracture that was exaggerated when I was bending it. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, if, if it was going to break, that was the point it was going to break. So I probably should have gripped it differently mm-hmm. to try to not stress the tang when I was bending it. But I mean, you, you live and learn. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it took, I think it took me maybe two hours to forge one set out of mono steel and that's by all means that's also uh, a thing now because i don't have a decent setup for forge welding so mm. i had to do it mono steel and which goes against my principles but i mean what's principle for except for breaking them or something yeah right yeah so i, I mean i'll 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 make another one. It's simple enough. Uh, it's just a little bit annoying because I was almost done doing the rough grinding after hardening, and then I break it. So, but yeah, after we finish this, I need to start gluing up all the handles uh, so they can dry up overnight, and I can do the final fitting tomorrow and final glue up tomorrow, and then I just have to do the last bit of sharpening on Friday morning, hopefully. And you will be ready in time. In theory, it will work perfectly. Okay, good. Quick question. Uh, When you have a a, a blade that breaks like that, uh, what do you do with it? Do you find a way to salvage it and to use it in a different way? Or do you just throw away? Or you... In in this case, because it's a fillet knife, it's so long that I actually have a full other knife, smaller knife, inside a whole length, including the tank. Okay. So because it also hardened and it's fairly straight, or it's, mm-hmm. I, th- this was the good one, this was the really straight one. The one I have to use, I had to grind into straightness, which is also the good thing about mono steel. I mean, as long as you have the thickness, you can just straighten it by grinding, yeah. um, which is cheating, but it works. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I'll, I'll grind the tang in on this remnant and it will be a knife of sorts. Okay. I can already see that wedding ceremony, a ceremony happen. And you just like, and you got the one Norwegian guy sitting in the back and just like, <laughs> just still, still grinding on the knife, like sharpening it like the last roll. It's not ready yet. It's not ready yet. Give me more five more minutes. Guys, you, you never gonna, yeah, you never gonna um, think of what I'm giving you as your present. Sing, sing, sing. I'll not even comment on that. Because but I have been thinking those thoughts. 
but let's move let's move away from my failures and over to today's topic. Red, uh, you you said you had a good one. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I don't know if it's a good one, but I have one. Um, I'm deciding so, it's a good one. Okay. Um, so the other day I was chatting with uh, Steve, Jamie, Andy Pugh, and uh, Old Bull Jim. Uh, and Andy Pugh said something that really struck me because that, that was something unexpected and something that I have never heard before. And then he explained it. So I was, I was used to um, hear this sentence... Um, Everything that's worth doing is worth doing properly, um, and and that's something I've heard a long time ago, and um, I was sticking to it, and I was like, yeah, I'm doing things properly because if it's worth doing, I want to do it properly. So I take my time, I try to um, do it properly, fully, um, and and I'm kind of a perfectionists uh, or yeah I'm, I'm annoying for people around me because I just want to do it right and Andy Pugh the other day posted this um, this sentence uh, everything that's worth doing is worth doing poorly and I was at first very surprised because it was like mm, that's not the way I remembered it and then he explained that you have the idea of doing something you you need to do something but you're tired or you're busy or you're lazy or whatever and you're like, nah, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to even try or start doing it because it's, it, it's worth doing. So I want to do it properly. Like we all know the sentence. Yeah. So um, if it's worth doing, doing it poorly is also an option because, and, and if you explained that um, even if you do it a little bit, it's better than not doing it at all. So, for example, you want to go jogging and, and okay, I'm not going to run for 20, 25 minutes like each I should be doing because that's what's uh, doing a proper jogging would be. But if you, even if I run five minutes, I can still get some benefit out of it. And I can start a project. I can do a quick sketch to not forget about an idea. Even if it's not done properly, it will be done... At, to a certain extent and that's still better than nothing so it made me think a, a little bit about uh, what we do in life um, or in the process of making that we don't do properly for reasons uh, or we don't do at all and and the difference between these two if we don't do them at all is it uh, for our own benefit is, is it because we want to push it in time and, and that when we have time or the energy do it properly or should we do it poorly even if it's not the full process if, but we have, we have done something I'm not sure I'm super clear about that explaining the, uh, the idea but, but I hope you mm -hmm. got yeah, that I, th I think what you're trying to say is if you really want to do something badly enough, if you had a, a big enough desire to do something, it is worth just getting started and doing it, even though you know you are not well prepared and you know it will be bad the first time you do it. Yeah, something like that, yeah. I thought about more the lines like doing, like if you want to do something, like it's better doing something half-assed than not doing it at all. Yeah, yeah. That might be yeah. a better way of putting it the same thing 
Um, yeah, because if, if just for example, the, the, I, I cooked yesterday evening, and and that's not something I, I do on a, on a daily basis because most of the time I'm I'm busy, I'm working, and my wife do most of the cooking. Thank you to her. Uh, but yesterday she was coming home uh, pretty late, and I wanted to give her a proper dinner instead of just heating something on, in a microwave. So I did it, and I was not super happy with the results. But at least it was healthy, it was uh, homemade, and it was a proper dinner, like hot food. And, and, and that, that's one of the examples that come to my mind right now because I'm, I, I have no idea what I'm doing. But um, I was kind of happy to do it even if I knew at the time that um, I could have done way better for dinner for her. But I was I, I had this sense of pride that, that I, I I did something more than just heating something in the microwave. Just uh, it was not a proper dinner. It was not what I could have done if I had taken like one more hour to do so. But it was something. It was a little something uh, better than I could have done. So. Yeah, it was a poor dinner to, to get back yeah. to the to, to the sentence. Sorry again, but then is the question is like, is it really like done poorly or because you were missing an ingredient, the ingredient being time in that case? No, the, so, the ingredient was actually lettuce. So I, I wanted to make a salad, but I had no lettuce. So I ended up <laughs> making some kind of omelette with tomatoes and, and bacon, which was good, but it was not my plan uh, at the beginning. Yeah, but bacon salad. <laughs> yeah, but it, that made you creative. Like, is it really a failure then? Or did you just learn something new about it, like working around an issue that you're having? Like, because you thought it was not perfect because you wanted to do something for someone else. It was like, wow, that's a warm mm. meal. And in my case, like, wow, that's way better than salad. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. It's it's question of point of view because uh, I wanted to do something nice, but I I missed time and ingredients, so I I fall back on a simpler idea, something I was more uh, used to do. But again, my my point of view at the time was, oh, it's it's done poorly. I should have done better for her. I should have done better with the ingredients and the time that I had. So, but I was still a little bit happy that it was not it that it was done that that i just i just took the time to do something and same thing same thing when you exercise when you work out when um you go to bed earlier than usual because you are taking care of yourself or when you are working on a project and you just take this extra step um you take 10, 10 more minutes to sand a piece of wood to make it perfectly flat and, and, and soft to the touch or when you take the time to paint something properly or to heat treat a blade properly or to let your uh, product dry on a piece of leather all, all that kind of extra step that means nothing but end up uh, being the difference between You've done nothing and you've done something that is not what you should have done if you had the time, the energy and the whatever. Mm -hmm. But it, it's the in-between. It's the poorly done compared to perfectly done, but also compared to not done at all. So th this middle ground of, for me, is, which is not accept acceptable the, most of the time for me because it's it's not what I should be doing because I should be doing better. 
um, but it, it's still better than not doing anything. And and that that's that was very enlightening for me when Andy Pew um, talked about that uh, the other day in the in in, in the chat. I, I I guess that comes down to your goal or intention of doing something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also in the sense that th there's there's an expression saying that it's the thought that counts. And which which aligns with all of this in the sense that your job wasn't to create the perfect meal for your wife. Mm. Your job, your, your task was to show that you care about her and you, that you recognize that she would be tired and hungry when she got back home. Yeah. So you could fix that problem. The yeah. quality is more or less irrelevant as, so, as, so, as, as long as it's sort of edible food-like. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Exactly. It's that's The quality is decided yeah. by the wife. As long as you don't draw a picture of food and hand it to her with the words, the thought counts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah you're right. That, that, that might be calls for divorce or something if you do that. Um, exactly. But it's, And, and I, I very much agree that it, it works in... I would say like all of the habit and simple life stuff mm -hmm. in the sense that, yeah, you don't need to have a perfect training regime if your point is just to get into the habit of working out. Yeah. Then even getting up and walking around your house five times is far better than nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and if if your base level is that you only walk to and from work and you want to properly work out, then okay, then walking to the shop and carrying your groceries back home, then that's that's something. It's not much and it's not really good, but it starts making the habits mm. of getting you where you want to be. Yeah. And this, yeah. I would say the same goes for learning a craft as well. Even though if you're doing it in the intention or to the expectation of this is going to be really good or long-lasting, it doesn't work. But, and, and I guess that's sort of what a lot of farmers end up doing, where they have to run around and all the time fix things just good enough so they work now, so they can move on to something else that's broken and burning or something. Uh, but of course, at some point, you, with too much on that mentality, you would end up only making soddy things so that you can quickly move on to the next thing that you made previously that's now broken because you did a bad job at it. But when it comes to like taking it as like making the like projects, what we do, I think, especially if you get something that is read like you, a professional leather worker or you, Rasmus, like as a blacksmith, if you do something half-assed, there's only going to be a small percentage of people that even is going to realize that for everyone else. Like, like as soon as you're not making it obvious and you're not telling everyone about it, mm. And even then, other blacksmiths might just think of, like, if you're basically not doing a heat treating right or you're just going to skip a step, you know it's not good doing that. There's probably going to be, like, 10 or 15 blacksmiths watching. There's a, some of them might even know, oh, time crunch. He, he skipped that step because they did it themselves. But the rest of them, they're going to be like, well, maybe he doesn't know better. But the other 90% of the people watching it will never know unless you tell them. The same with you, right? Oh, yeah. If you yeah. would do something in letterworking and use a shortcut, there would be only a small percentage of people that would even recognize it. 
I feel like so, some. Yeah, but I would know. Yeah, yeah that, you, that, that, you would that's know. Exactly what I would say as well. Exactly. I would know yeah. what I did. Exactly. Didn't do right. That's why you say it's like doing something poorly is not like better than not doing it at all. But for most, like 90% of the people, it's not even done poorly because they don't know better. So it's always yeah. something that more, I think, is the limit that you put on self. I mean, that can, that can be said for everything. If somebody takes a hammer to like bash in a screw into a piece of wood, not a nail, a screw, then you could say, okay, that's pushing the done yeah. poorly there, there, a little bit too far. There's a special circle of hell for people <laughs> who use hammers on screws. Exactly. <laughs> no, but it's just, uh, I mean, it's probably a bad example, but um, I think in the professional level that you guys use, it's um, more like the, uh, how do you say it? What you think of yourself or what you want to do for yourself rather than anybody else judging you for it. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the standards that I have, and, and I realized with this sentence, it, it's uh, what's worth doing, worth doing poorly. I realized uh, the, with that sentence that I have very high standards for myself, uh, not for the other. The other people do what they can and what they want and no problem with that. But um, I would know if I, if I, if I cut corners and, and I'm very, very... Um, severe against myself, very, very hard um, against myself, to myself when it comes to my work. And and I wouldn't dare selling something or, or giving something to someone if I knew that I cut corner uh, with, with, with my work. And so... I, I tend to not apply um, this sentence now, this this idea now uh, with my work, but more with my life. Um, like, yeah, working out, taking a diet, cooking a meal, and and or, or other aspects of yeah, taking five more minutes to do something that I usually wouldn't. Or I I, I don't know. I it's so many so many possibilities uh, when it comes to um, that kind of stuff but for work I, 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 I'm wondering if it would still be relevant because um, I can't think of one step in my process when I'm working with leather that I, I wouldn't take Mm-hmm. properly that I wouldn't make like 100% right yeah I'm, I'm having the same thought uh, I would do, do the same mental thing of is there any project where I would be happy with not fixing a mistake that I can see mm-hmm. and there's not I mean worst case scenario I will not sell it and maybe give it away but that's about it I mean yeah. if something is crooked and I can straighten it I will straight straighten it that's just how it is mm. um, and uh, and also just uh, morality of knowing I could do better and knowing exactly what needed to be done mm-hmm. and not doing it uh, that's something I struggle with yeah there's something inside that push you towards the you should do it man yeah you know that's 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 not right so get up and do it before going to the next step just just do it properly mm-hmm. but taking into consider- uh, consideration like you want to really like forge your knife you really feel like forging that knife and you know by the steps in your head it would take you about three hours to get to a certain point and you know like let's say three hours but you know you only got two 
Yeah, but then, then I think the question is a bit different. Because then there is a actual limitation I have to stay within. And I wouldn't be able to just skip one step. But I might be able to hurry through a lot of steps. So the steps are completed to a lesser degree, but they're still completed. Exactly, but not in the quality you would usually set for yourself in that case yeah. if you would make that knife. But in that case, is you have to decide. It's like if you're not going to do it at all, if you're just going to start it and leave it to finish it at a later point, or are you just going to like rush through it to at least say like you, you're going to see if it works and maybe do a better one at a later point. Yeah, and that's that's usually how I want to schedule out my projects and the jobs I have is I give myself... I mean, a ridiculously long time so that I can at least screw it up once and still save it and redo the entire project. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that also goes into the little bit of mentality of it. if it's worth doing, it's worth doing poorly the first time. It's worth doing in such a manner that you make all of the mistakes and then you can do it better later on. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and Wasn't it but Jimmy? I, I think... Say again? Wasn't it Jimmy that said it's like you have to do something like at least four or five times to like get good at it? Yeah, you go to school on the first one is what I think that's the sentence he yeah. likes to use. And I, I, I like that idea. Uh, it Because it tells you that, yes, you are bad the first time you do something. That doesn't mean you did a bad job. It just means that this is the worst you will probably be at this thing. Yeah. And everything else will, mm. will and hopefully should be better from that point on. Um, but I think that, that the mentality of doing things poorly is really well when it comes to showing intent and or breaking out of some mental limitation you have. Like exercising, like yeah, eating absolutely. better, like trying a new craft. Yes, if the goal is just to get into it, doing it poorly is an excellent way, way to get started. Just lower the bar all the way. And just put in the minimum amount of effort needed. Yeah, it's. It, it, I mean, it, it even goes to the fact of like going to the gym. Uh, like as Steve has mentioned, if if you just get dressed to going to the gym, you start to feel stupid for not going to the gym. If you show up at the gym, you feel really stupid for not doing anything. <clears throat> That's a very good point. That might be the only goal you have. Like show up at the gym dressed for it, and if you're there walking through the door and don't feel like working out, then at least you showed up for it. That is some really good advice, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have to follow on that up. Well, yeah, and, and by the way, Steve has said this, so I'm stealing it from him, but I've heard it other places before as well. So. No, but that, that's also really good for self-esteem and, and for motivation, because if you do the step that he, that's hard, hard to do in the first place, you can, I've, I've, today I've done that. It was not my best. It was not what I, I I wanted to do at the beginning in the first place. But I did that, and mm. tomorrow I'll do better. And you can still keep improve yourself and and do better each and every time. Um, going back to your fright of heights and going zip lining and climbing and all that with your kid. Mm. I mean, the way I recall that conversation, you didn't do much. I think you only did the same things that your kid did. 
well, we, we, we did everything together because we wanted to stay together at the beginning. Then when the kid was a little bit tired and having his afternoon snack, I, I was like, okay, I'm going to try this one. This one is okay, okay. not too like 30 feet, uh, was it 15 meters uh, up in the sky? So 45 feet we don't uh, speak up in the sky. Imperial. It's fine. Yeah, you're right. 50, <laughs> 50, 50 meters uh, up in the trees. It was about seven or eight meters, uh, which is really high for me. And so I wanted to do it just, I was like, I've done everything that we've done before uh, mm. and I wasn't scared. So can I push my limits a little bit more, a little bit further? So I, I tried it. And going up there was the most difficult part because it was, it, the ladder was pretty scary. Uh, the first part um, was totally okay. And at some point, I guess I got tired and I kind of panicked for, for two or three minutes. So I, I had to sit down, relax and, and think, you've done that before. Yes, it was not that high, but it's the exact same thing. It's, it's only more difficult because you see it's more difficult. It's you see it mm -hmm. higher, but if it was one meter above ground, it will be exact exact same zip line. So just do it. And I was rested and go back to calm. I did it like finger in the nose when we as we say it here what? very easily. And it was <laughs> we say it finger in the nose like. When you do something very easily with at, with ease and no fear, and you do that's a yeah, weird in expression. <laughs> it is absolutely. And we one day we're just gonna need like a complete episode, but it's just different <laughs> weird sayings and expressions and all that. Yeah, one day we'll do that because we I, I guess we have plenty and 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 you two guys I, must I, have, I have a lot. I, I have one that's really Norwegian and that is related. How do you eat a whale? Bit by bit, yeah, one bit at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like, I like I mean, that. I think, I think it go. I think you've heard it for elephants as well. Um, but it's it's it, it is to this concept. Like, if you want to do a really big job, yeah. break it down into easy, simple steps. Absolutely. Comes to the yeah. climbing. First step is getting up, and then yeah, one obstacle, one step, one handheld left obstacle at a time. Well, and I, I have to say, to be honest, that when I was uh, uh, tired and, and kind of panicking, it was not really panic, but I, I, get, I got scared for, for a few minutes. Um, and, and I tried to go down, but there was no way down. <laughs> there is only a, a way back. So I had the choice to go back and, and go down by the ladder um, or finish it. Mm. And after I've rested for two or three minutes, I was like, there's no way I'm not going to finish that. I, yeah. I I got up on my own. I'm not giving up. I'm scared. Okay, sure. But same principle as before. It's just higher. Same thing. So just finish it because you came, you came here of your own will. You, you decided to be there and to overcome your fear of high places so just finish it and and that's what i did and i was super proud of myself uh, at the end which is not a big deal because so many people so i was up in the air and i, I saw nine of ten years old kids way higher than i was having fun and shouting i was like if they can do it i should be able to do it and it helped a lot uh, so I was I was kind of pride, proud at the end, not too proud because those kids were just 
not thinking about it. It was not something scary or impossible for them. It was just a zipline and it was just for fun. So yeah, no problem. Yeah. Um, so, so, so it was also a big lesson that day. But, but you're right, just one step at a time. You go up there, you see if you can. If you can, you do the first zipline. And in, after that, the second and the third. And, and you end up finishing the, the, the pass uh, you're on. And, and yeah, it's all fun and you can be happy at the end. And same thing goes for... I believe everything, and and if you just go up there to go back to the worst doing is worst doing poorly. You you just go up there and you don't feel it. You 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 are too scared to to keep going. There is no shame of going back. I mean, it's it's sure it's not something that you should be happy with because you didn't went all the way, but you tried, and and trying is is probably the 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 key thing here. Is just making the first step just doing this small task that will lead you to a, a, a bigger one a better one and 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 yeah that's that's this was kind of a revelation for me because i was always if you do something do it fully do it properly and that's why when i have just 30 minutes or one hour to work on something i i used to not work at all because I was like in my head, I don't have the time to do it properly in just 30 minutes. But if you work on a project for 30 minutes, you can do a lot. Mm -hmm. So it will lead you to, to to working more on it and to finish it at some point. So, yeah. And that's spiffing. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I was waiting for you for a transition. Do something before you disappear. Yeah, okay. It is spiffing. No, no, well I, done. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess something like that. No, um, I think I think it's a really good sentiment. I, I honestly think it's important to know. Uh, I, well, personally, I really like to play around with extremes of extremely perfectionist view and the really soddy view. Mm. And there is merit to doing both of them, mm. and um, they all they both have their place. They do both have their useful uses, yeah. but it's the the knowing the difference between them and choosing the right one for location. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. I think that sums it up. And that, yeah. and that's beefing. He's that's beefing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are we still using that? <laughs> I mean, it works, I feel like but we shouldn't. But. That's the problem, you know, with doing a podcast and having all three of us having like one big podcast that's really in common for us. Yeah. And they that's have true. these stingers, they have these bits going in there. It's like, it's so ingrained. It's like, there's no other way of saying hello. You have to say oh, hello and welcome. <laughs> ex exactly. And, and and Red was talking about like he's walking over that, like the, the, the path and trying that and like getting better at it every time. And it's like, in my head, I was going like, and this, this, spiffing. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is just burned in. So Jan, what's, what's been catching your focus? Uh, what's been catching my focus? My focus actually been catch or caught by two people. Um, one of them is the lovely, uh, make, feel, repeat. Mm. And yeah. actually, I don't know if you guys saw it on Instagram, but his workshop burned down. Mm. Like, yeah, I heard about that. That. like was... the whole thing went up in flames. Yeah. Two weeks and ago, this... three weeks ago yeah yeah and it's been pretty bad the nice thing about it is and this is something like not just make for repeat but um i know i'm not allowed to uh <laughs> put my focus too much on jamie <laughs> but no, he actually he's already gotten two mentions that's enough <laughs> exactly. that's his quota he did a gofundme mm. 
So those two, that's where my focus is on because um, they have a GoFundMe or like um, James made one for uh, Makefield Repeat. So uh, basically it's to get him started again yeah. because in that shop there was like everything. Like yeah. starting from uh, the different hardware, paperwork, machines, like that thing started projects like everything went up in flames you can check his insta and i think you're going to link it rasmus to and you can basically see that uh what happened there it's that that's like the biggest nightmare i think of everyone oh yeah seeing something like that get go up in flames and then on a positive note and that's the other focus i have is um sonia my sister-in-law who actually made our new logo great yeah yes so i yes. wanted to mention her because uh she has i didn't tell you guys but she has two sick kids oh, at home damn. at the moment like uh yeah and she's <laughs> she's like uh, almost five years old and um almost two years mm -hmm. and she still took the time to make us a proper logo and and, and yes with, with uh and also i thought she i think she had a deadline at work so she had oh, just wow. really limited time to to work on oh, that hell. but yeah that's, through. she well, shouldn't have no she, yeah she really shouldn't have thank you sonia oh yes she should yeah. because now we have a good logo <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, we really appreciate it but yeah absolutely yeah. yeah thank you yeah thank you so much yeah, yeah. Yes. so that that's a, that's the other one okay uh, do you what, have the link for the Kickstarter so I can toss that in there as well? Uh, the GoFundMe? Yeah, that, yeah, that one. GoFundMe, not Kickstarter. Yes, yes, yes. yes. The, the GoFundMe link is actually on his Instagram and the bio. Okay, we'll put that. Oh, yeah. So I don't if know I if you want to my eyes, I would have seen that when I had his profile page. <laughs> no problem. So if you yeah. want to throw that in. And also, um, Sonia has, um, she has Instagram. Because yeah. she is a like to, for a little bit of the backstory, she is a graphic designer, and um, she is also called, can be found as uh, kleine Brezel in German, uh, which is which means basically yeah, small Brezel. Yeah, I found her. See, I speak German now. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's that's that, because Danish and um, German are pretty simple. <laughs> Shut up! And actually, I mean, honestly, Norwegian is the one of the three languages, Scandinavian languages, that are the furthest away from German. But we have dialects that are have a lot of the same grammatical quirks that German yeah. has. Yeah. Like so, out in the fjords in the west part of the country, uh, the my step-grandfather's uh, dialect has turns and phrases in it that is really German looking. Way more German looking than anything else in Norwegian. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Red? Uh, I'm gonna give a big shout out to uh, Prince Armory. That's my focus of the week. Um, he's a wonderfully yeah. wonderful and wonderfully talented uh, leather worker uh, is on YouTube Instagram and everywhere he just released oh. a video he, on YouTube as well YouTube yeah absolutely uh, which is a DIY foot armor Imperial Knight Sabaton um, is uh, wow his work uh, has been such a source of inspiration for me for the past 
years uh, since I've I've discovered this channel and his work. Uh, I've See if I remember correctly, the first time I saw him doing something was probably on Deviant Art a long time ago. Uh, then he he started a YouTube channel and wow. Instagram uh, account. Wow! He's absolutely insane. I think he also work uh, with another guy that I used to follow on uh, Twitch and Instagram. Uh, I will also put his name uh, in the in the shouts. Uh, but he, he does uh, exclusively leather armor. Uh, sometimes it seemed like you, he, he has a, a, a full set of armor looking like Iron Man, but if Iron Man was a knight uh, in a long time ago. Uh, and, and a lot of armor, different armors inspired by yeah. video games and movies. Uh, and, and he inspired me to make my own um, leather armor and and that's the path I want to follow uh, but he's really really good and I love his work and yeah so so he's, he's not a big channel he's uh, not a small channel sorry he already has a uh, hundred thousand subscriber uh, hundred and three thousand he's doing pretty well, yeah, he's been uh, doing well. and he has a um, website where he sells uh, patents and and give classes and and stuff he's really really good uh, yeah it's yeah it's quite amazing the stuff he's yeah. able to do yeah yeah and and yeah it's a really really big source of inspiration for me so maybe one day I will be as good as he is one can dream but yeah that's my shout yeah slowly <laughs> you're getting there so i i would like to shout out tom scott and everything tom scottery on youtube he has two channels now uh his primary channel is all about weird social and infrastructural quirks that happens in the world uh the most recent video is the part of the German autobahn that is the uh, Nuremberg. Oh, what's it called, Jan? Again, hmm? no, uh, no. The, the racetrack that's also the how the autobahn part. Nuremberg. The racetrack, Nürn which is also an autobahn part. Oh my god, I don't care for racing that much. Hockenheim. No, no, Hock, 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 oh, autobahn. No, no, no. There's a racetrack no. specifically that you can drive on. Yeah, so he drove there and he told a bit of a weird story and some quirks about all of that, uh, all of the autobahn weirdness that happens in Germany that no other country in the world has, I think. Oh, like, the public road no with no speed limit. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, and he... On the second channel, he played a game of Skull, which was really fun because it's a really, really simple poker-like game where you have... Each player has four tokens, three flowers and a skull. And you place them as bets and you need to... Uh, you, you place them on the game field and at some point one of the players will say, okay, I bet that I can turn over X number of flowers. And if he can do that, he gets one point. At two points, you win. If he hits a skull, he loses one of his cards. Okay. 
Yeah, and it's really, really, it's That's a really cool. simple game, but it's really fascinating. And there's a lot of game theory in it. And it's a game well, you're playing. It's not simple. There's a lot of tactic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I played this with, uh, in my, uh, I played this, we played this a lot, me and my brothers. And I, I'm not going to brag about this, but I, I'm going to brag about this. Because <laughs> at my brother's uh, birthday this summer, we played uh, that game. And I won the first two rounds right off the bat because I super mindfucked everyone else. <laughs> uh, and it, it's a really simple game. You, you have four cards and you try to bet how many flowers you can find. And you need to start with flipping over your own cards. So if the three of us are playing and I start by putting down a flower and a skull, I basically can't bid more than one. Because if I turn over both of them, I hit a skull and I lose by myself. Make sense? Yeah. 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 So you need to, from the very beginning, decide upon what tactic you want to go. And you can also do from ridiculous number, like go really low and say, oh, I want to play. I don't want any more cards in. But I want someone to bid over me so that they will flip over my cards and they will find the skull I put down. How is it, how is it called again? Skull. Skull. Very simple. Yeah. Like Re the yeah. head thing. It reminds me that the the game they are playing uh, in the movie Pirates of the Caribbean when they play with dices, hidden dices, and you have to guess how many dices you you bet on how many yeah. dices with a certain amount of points on it. I guess you could yeah. say it's a simplified version of that. Yeah, yeah, to some extent. I mean, this is actually game theory and calculation, whereas I think that one you're describing is pure gambling yeah there is a bit of luck in the, in in it you can just yeah. take a look at yours and and you have to yeah gamble and and so yeah, yeah. sure that sounds yeah, interesting okay, okay. if you can see your own yeah okay then it's uh slightly different but yeah and, and and tom scott also has a really really fascinating newsletter where it sends out once a week and it's like basically the topics that caught his focus over the past week interesting YouTube channels, uh, YouTube videos, or articles that you read, mm -hmm. which I, I ended up reading one about the the weird sign color system you have in Devon in in the UK to describe how how large of a vehicle you are allowed or safely can drive on certain lanes and roads there because they have really narrow roads like Steve encountered a little while ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and also linked to a video about uh, some guy, this might be back in the 90s or early 2000s, who was just challenged to climb across the ceiling of a TV studio. And while he was doing that, there was just no one talking. There was just complete silence except <laughs> for the mucic building up tension. And he, he made a point in the newsletter that the concept of this wouldn't happen today because we have been educated and uh, the hosts have been educated to always keep something going on, something happening to build mm. tension, make it interesting. Yeah, yeah. But this segment only worked as well as it did because there was no one talking. It was just him climbing and his breathing and him yeah. mumbling to himself That's in nice. the ceiling of the studio. That's cool. And then seeing him starting to struggle more and more towards the end before he reached the bell. And yeah, I mean, Fascinating stuff. I'll, yeah. I'll try to drop all of the links in. Yes, please. Uh, in the system we have, so that Red can post them in the show notes. I guess yeah. that's how we're doing it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's Rest. it. Yeah. I think we've talked long enough. <laughs> yeah. 
we we need to let Jan sleep a little bit before he goes back to. Uh, you, the, you recognize that I'm like getting more and more quiet. <laughs> yeah. A little bit, yeah, a little bit. A little I'm sleep, sorry, man. yeah, and, and and I have to apologize to everyone for no, how no, much I. No, don't apologize. I, you, no, you no, had a big day, and you will have a, a big day tomorrow again. So you. Yeah, but I know. I mean, I butchered the English language today, like completely butchered more, it. More than me, I. Highly oh, yeah. doubt that. I, no, no. I've actually written down a topic for future discussion, which is etymological fisting of the English language. <laughs> That's a topic that is in our list. <laughs> uh, probably the one of the first one I actually wrote down. <laughs> nice. Just do the recording after 10 o'clock p.m. and you're going to get like the prime <laughs> example from my side. Yeah. Because when I get um, tired, I can't talk for shit. Yeah. Where, where, where can people find you guys? Everywhere on Red Smith, uh, YouTube, Instagram, um, Facebook, and the usual places under yeah Red Smith, the black circle with the white red, white the red R and the white S. Damn, I'm tired as well. <sighs> and Jan, where can people find you? You can find me at uh, Nerd Inventor mainly on YouTube, Instagram, and I just remembered like you can f also find me on nerdinventor.com, which Ooh. actually like sums up. You can watch all my YouTube videos on there because they are linked, and my Instagram feed is also on there. So if you're <laughs> especially lazy, you just put in nerdinventor.com and you find everything and the links to the social media. Yeah. And you can find me at Rasmus Lowen on all of the mostly social places. And you can find the podcast at twothirdsfocused.com. No, we don't have a website yet. Not yet. On two two thirds focused at on Instagram. And did did you put up a Patreon? Instagram, Facebook, Patreon, YouTube, everything is almost ready. Two thirds focused. Yes. And if you're listening in the future, you can find the podcast on two-thirds focused everywhere. Just type it into Google. See what pops up. Thank you all very much for listening. Yeah, thank you, guys. Have a great week. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye.